Welcome to Celebrating Act Two. Celebrating Act Two is the user manual for the second half of your life. Welcome back to Celebrating Act Two, and uh, my partner John Coleman and I are blessed once again to have John Mariani of the Virtual Gourmet uh, to uh, talk to us about a very interesting. Uh, John, the uh, the restaurant world of of which you are. Uh, very knowledgeable, is in deep caca because of the coronavirus. The government basically shut down all restaurants. Um, but as we know, most of us go to the small neighborhood restaurant. I'll call them the mom and pop restaurant. Um, mm -hmm. And they're, they're hurting maybe more than anybody else because they've, they're, they're in a difficult place. But the real question is, as we as we hear talk about opening up the country and phasing back to normality, um, if I got this correctly, the president has got a council for each industry. So the oil industry and the, I don't know, farm industry, but is there a council for the restaurant industry? What's gonna happen to all of these mom and pop restaurants? Do you think they're gonna open up sooner than later? Because they, they really need to help. Uh, no, I think they're going to open up much later than sooner uh, for very specific reasons, which have to do with the simple economics of it. Um, President Trump does have both councils, spelled C-O-U-N-C-I-L-S, um, which is a bunch of usually white old men uh, sitting around telling him what to do, and then Council, C-O-U-N-S-E-L, which tells him what he wants to hear. Um, and the councils... Uh, of these, again, as, as most of the people in government are, uh, old white men like myself, uh, like all three of us here, are the ones who are giving all the advice and spreading around the money to those who they think are, because they are the biggest, because they have the most money and the most loans out with the banks, that they should be helped as opposed to, for lack of a better word, mom and pop. So that the first initial uh, billions that went out under what is called the PPP, the Payment uh, Protection um, uh, Program, uh, <clears throat> almost all of that money went to huge chains, despite the fact that the rule was supposed to be it's only going to go to people who have a restaurant that employs less than 500 people. Okay, that's that sounds like a big restaurant, but if you're adding in um, everybody from the busboy to the dishwasher, um, and you have a hundred-seat restaurant, that's not all that many waiters and, and so forth. Um, but there was a subparagraph there that said a chain restaurant, maybe there's fifty chains, fifty units of a restaurant uh, chain like Roots Chris Steakhouse. Each individual unit, if it employs less than 500 people, is therefore eligible to receive funds if you apply for it. And immediately upon hearing this, all of these big chains did in fact apply for it. And because they are not only in debt with, but work on a daily basis with the biggest banks in America, they were given the money overnight. Because it was the banks, or this is one of the things that was spoken about that when they put through the package, it was a mistake to give it 
all the control uh, to the banks. They thought that they could do it quicker than the federal government could because federal government could be sluggish. The banks could get this money in the mail the next day. Well, as it turned out, that's exactly what did happen. But the big guys, the big companies, the big corporations, the uh, the same ones that contribute to um, uh, political campaigns were the ones who got their checks the very next day, whereas the small uh, mom and pop places didn't get any because they ran out of money within a week. So, uh, sure. so, so that's obviously going to have an impact on some of these small mom and pops that might have been able to make it back. Uh, but I think they're doing a, a new stimulus now that maybe has a little better control in it to to shunt this money to the uh, smaller operators. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, just this morning they came out with another package, and this time it's not going to be going to those units with 500 uh, or less uh, people working in it for these big companies. Because the outrage and the outcry, both from restaurateurs and from people, that this is whom you're giving it to, rather than the little guy on the, on the corner where I, I go and get my pizza, uh, and one salient example was that uh, Danny Meyer is one of the most respected, even revered restaurateurs in the nation. He runs Union Square Hospitality, and he runs the, the multi, multi, multi-million dollar Shake Shack chain, which is an international chain of uh, burger place. Um, couldn't be more successful. They applied, his company applied for one of these um, PPP uh, assistance um, and which, oh, by the way, is supposed to go only to your employees. You get the money, and it's supposed to help your employees um, get through the hard times. In any case, he got the money. There was such an outcry, because he's known as such a sterling good guy in the industry, that Danny came out yesterday and said, we're giving the money back so that people who deserve it more than a big company like ours, which has deep pockets and connections with the banks, um, those people who don't have those will be able to get the money now. And that's the way this new round is supposed to work. But lobbyists and others being what they are, who knows? Well, I'm glad to hear that development. Um, I am uh, one of those people, John, that thinks we ought to open up sooner than later. Uh, I know there's another side to the coin. But uh, it's my personal feeling that we can open up things like restaurants safely. Um, and they ought to be part of phase one, not phase four. You know, I think it's as simple as saying, if your restaurant is uh, uh, legitimate for 75 seats, then then only let 25 in, you know, distance the tables apart. But get everybody back to work. And quite frankly, get everybody out of the house to, <laughs> to go enjoy the local well, restaurant again. Sounds, where, where do you it, fall? It sounds very rational, but fails on several counts. Number one, a lot of people, at least in the initial, let's say they opened all the restaurants tomorrow. And remember, many, 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 many of these restaurants are already doing takeout and delivery. So if you're really dying to eat Joe's Pizzeria, you can go there and get the pizzeria or even deliver it. Okay, But if yes, like, like myself, I'm dying to go out to eat. But there's an enormous percentage of people who are not going to do not feel safe and sure going into a restaurant and sitting even six or ten feet from that family over there who was grunting and snorting and coughing um, because 
why would you feel safe? You don't know if they have the virus or not. The second point is you mentioned, well, you know, they had 75 seats, so they got to go down to 25, 35 seats. Every single restaurateur that I've spoken to said that doesn't work. It doesn't bring in, in enough money because our landlords are going to want their rent. The heating bills have to be paid. We have to keep the lights on. We have to keep the gas on for a completely full restaurant. You can't run a restaurant on 50% of what you used to do. And remember, the restaurants do most of their business on weekends. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you could only be doing maybe 30, 40 people uh, a night, but you've got to do a turnover of 150 people on the weekend. And the third thing is is that um, we there is an expected bounce back of the virus. And um, if you start congregating people in restaurants, especially of the hip and happening kind in which we have in New York and Los Angeles and San Francisco, which are packed, jammed to the rafters with chairs and communal tables. No, I, I would not go to one of those restaurants for a long, long time. So, so there's a lot, lots that militates against it. I have another concern, which uh, I'd like you to address, John. Um, uh, my wife and I uh, have take takeout uh, maybe uh, at least once a week, uh, sometimes twice. Fa our favorite Chinese restaurant and and others. And uh, our, our concern has been uh, when we order groceries for Instacart, when it comes into the house, I wipe every all the packaging off before I bring it into the house. Uh, and I'm concerned that unless we are uh, paying uh, some of these lower paid restaurant workers sick time so that they don't come in when they're ill, that they may feel forced to come in and spread germs just into the food that uh, they're preparing, not on purpose, just because they're infected, but they feel they have to go to work. So uh, I have that concern. Uh, so what's to tell us that with a lot of people uh, uh, going to continue to get infected, uh, maybe the hospitals will be able to take care of them better uh, because we've reduced the amount. Uh, how does that affect um, the psychology of people going to restaurants? Have you given much thought to that? Oh, enormously. Uh, but it's not the food itself. Apparently, the virus does not live on food. You could probably cough on a hot dog or a hamburger and not get the virus that way. It's on the utensils. It's on the table. It wasn't washed out. It's on the seat that you're sitting in. It's in the bathrooms. Um, that's where the stuff is. It lingers in the air. You know, this thing about being six feet away, that's as far as the germs couldn't get before it runs out of steam, so to speak. Um, but that will be living on that surface for 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours, or perhaps more. Um, so again, I'd feel very, very unsafe going to it unless you, if unless the governor or the, the, the mayor gives a complete all clear and saying, we have vanquished this disease, nobody has had a single instance of it in three weeks, then I'd feel safer about going back. But you still might go back to a restaurant where your favorite waiter, you know, Susie, is wearing a mask. And uh, it's just not all that convivial. It's, it's not like going out and just having a nice time. But, uh, if everybody's wearing a mask and, and, and uh, wiping down and wears rubber gloves. it's uh, so, so given all of that, uh, when do you think the mom and pops are going to show up again? I think that as soon as we get the all clear... And by that, I don't mean that there's been a drop in cases. 
that uh, that there are no more cases in New York at the moment. I think then we can slowly in stages, and I've talked to restaurateurs about this. They said they would have to open in stages because they don't have the, the funds to bring everybody back. Uh, in the article I wrote, I spoke to um, um, a guy named Ken Oretsky who runs a very high-end New York steakhouse called Patroon. And he has pretty deep pockets, but he's not a corporation or, or a chain. And he says, you know, we'd open, first of all, we're probably only allowed to open with 30 40%. And I can't, I used to have 80 employees. I can't afford to bring all of them back. So it's going to be incremental, and as I said, I'd love to address this topic uh, at that time or a little bit after the time, and then I'll give a prophecy on why I think restaurant industry as a whole will survive very well. Good. Well, John, thank you so much for this insight. I really appreciate it, uh, and I, I stand corrected on my views of opening up partially, so... I'll just have to deal with takeout for a while. I'm sorry to say. Uh, thank you. We're looking forward to talking to you again. In the meantime, uh, let's remind everybody that you can, uh, they can sign up for your newsletter at the virtual gourmet at johnmariani.com. Absolutely. So, and Art, you can tell them where to sign up for celebrating Act Two. Oh, you mean a shameless plug for us? Um, I do. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. You know, there are so many places that you can uh, sign up for us, but our preference would be go to youtube.com slash celebrating act two with the number two and subscribe. And not only will you see all the latest videos uh, that we're shooting there, the interviews, but we're going to have playlists so that you can binge on John Mariani and uh, our other fascinating contributors. You can just say, stop playlist and sit back with a nice glass of wine, relax, mm -hmm. and watch hour after hour of fascinating interviews. So with that, I say thank you for joining us this time. Thank you, John Mariani, again, for another uh, wonderful conversation, uh, in your insights. And to my partner, John Coleman, who uh, I am physically but not socially distanced from. For more on Celebrating Act Two, visit our webpage, follow us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and tell your friends. Celebrating Act Two is the user manual for the second half of your life.